This is the Old Trailblazer broadcast. This is Pastor Albert Pendarvis, the Old Trailblazer, riding out on Old Dan. Come on, Dan, let's go. I wish you'd holler over the back fence and tell your neighbor, the Old Trailblazer's on. Come on, let's listen, sit down and drink some coffee and listen to the Old Trailblazer and uh, get a blessing of the day. Do you like to do that? I do. Just think about the Lord a little bit, how blessed we are. But we're bringing you these studies now on divine healing, true and false, and we're just getting really getting started. And uh, let's go back to our scripture we were reading there in our last study, showing you that gospel does not include divine healing. Divine healing is not in the gospel, my friend. No, no. The Lord didn't die to, to heal you. He died to save you. Now, let's look at the scripture. Mark 16, 15, we read there in the closing minutes of our last study. And he said unto them, that's Mark 16, 15, and he said unto them, speaking of the Lord, go ye into all the world, speaking to his disciples, and preach the gospel to every creature. That's a command, my friend. And he that believeth is baptized, and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. Now, my friend, that's a gracious verse of Scripture. We ought to spend some time right there. He that believeth not shall be damned. Oh, my friend, won't that be a terrible day when the judgment time comes and the Lord will say, Depart from me, I never knew you. I never knew you. Did you ever think about that verse where he says, I never knew you? You know what he meant there? He meant that intimacy of a man and his wife. He never knew you. He never had that that intimacy with you. Never knew. Uh, no. But that's that would be for another day. We find this command. Uh, here in this command, you do not find healing. You do not see him ordering or advertising or telling them to preach healing. No, the Bible doesn't do that. The command was to preach the gospel to every creature. And we're, 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 we're attempting to do that. This, this broadcast, Radio Missions broadcast, The Voice of Truth, our public publications go around the world. We're doing what we can. And uh, we are. And we're spending the money that you send in here. Every nickel, every penny that you send in here goes towards getting out the gospel. That's right. Radio time, paper and ink and all of those things. And salaries for three or four employees here who have dedicated themselves to getting out the gospel. And we do, my friend. That's what we do. Listen. Preach the good news that Christ died. The good news that Christ was buried and rose again. And then he goes on to say, these signs shall follow them that believe. Now listen, listen, here's, here's something, perk up your ears. He says, these signs shall follow them that believe. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall be healed. Verses 17 and 18 of Mark uh, 16. Healing here is spoken of as a sign and not as a gospel. No, it's not as a gospel. You folks who are depending upon your gospel of healing for salvation will just have to go to hell for your trouble. The trouble is you have never come to see yourself as a totally depraved, lost, guilty sinner. As we mentioned in our last study, our greatest need here in this ministry, in your church where you go, the greatest need is not a new building with a tall steeple. It's not stained glass windows. It's not that the pastor would have all kind of degrees behind his name. None of that's Im- that's important, but it's not the important. The greatest need that we have, you and I, is that the Holy Spirit, the blessed Holy Spirit, would come into our midst and take charge of your heart and my heart and the hearts of those 
oh, my friend, to see yourself as a guilty sinner, needing, needing to be washed in the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Those folks who are just depending on the gospel, and there's millions and millions and missional gospel of healing, you're depending on the divine healing and, and being in the gospel, you just you just badly fool, my friend. The trouble is you've never come to see yourself as a sinner. The moment you do, all your little gospel of healing, all your baptism will go out to the four winds because you will find out that you need something else besides healing and water to rest your poor soul upon. Now, my friend, that's the greatest, that's the greatest truth that I could ever bring you, that the only way a poor sinner ever turns to Christ is to come to see himself lost, lost, and undone. The Bible says over there in Luke, what chapter was it, 18, where the prodigal son, the old boy, he was a typical sinner. One morning he told his father, he said, Father, uh, Will you just go ahead and divide your, your living with me? And I, I would imagine he was anxious to get started on the road out there, like most sinners are. Go ahead and divide up your stuff with me and give me my portion, and I'm out of here. That's what he basically said. And he went his way and spent all that he had on riotous living. Not, not, self, not righteous living, but riotous living. He took up with the... Uh, with the whoremonger, with the brothels and the adulterers and the, and those uh, harlots and all of those things. And one day, all his money was gone. Poor sinner runs out of money one day, my friend. Poor sinner run out of money. He run out of money. Had nothing. His friends left him. Did you know your friends leave you when your money's gone? Oh, you big shot. Order up another round, boys. I'm paying. When your money's gone, they drop you like a hot potato. But his money was all gone, and he began to be in want. Wish you'd look up that verse and see what it says. He began to be in want. Have you ever done that? Every poor sinner who ever gets saved begins to be in want. Want of something more than what he's got. He's lived on an empty shell all his life. And now the Spirit begins to deal with his heart a little bit. And he sees that all he has is an empty shell, and he begins to be in want. So this old boy went down the road and found this farmer who was raising hogs. Oh, he was a hog raiser. And this boy went in there and said, Mister, I'm hungry. I'm hungry, mister. The only thing I have, son, is to feed them hogs out there morning, noon, and night. And that's what he did. And it said he would have fain filled his belly with the husks of the hog feed. Just the husks. Not the grits, not the kernel, but the husks. That's what every sinner does, lives off the husk, lives off the, the shucks, not the kernels. No, but my friend, I don't know how long he stayed there, and I don't know how far he was from home. I believe he was a good ways from home. And he sat there day by day in that hog pen, maybe on a five-gallon bucket or something. But the scripture says, but he came to himself. Now, you want to know what that is? That's Holy Spirit conviction. He came to himself. He didn't just dream that. The Lord moved his heart. The Lord moved on his heart. If you're saved, truly saved, one day you came to yourself. You recognized that you was lost. You recognized that you had nothing to offer to the Lord in payment of your sin debt. Did you know you owe a sin debt? But this old boy come, came to himself. And what did he do? 
He said, I will arise. That's the greatest thing that ever happens to a lost soul is to set his face like flint to go back home. He said, I will arise and go to my father. And he did. He got up off of that slop bucket, threw that thing down, told those hogs goodbye, and headed across the hills. I don't know how far he was from home. I believe he was several several miles, maybe several days from home. But he knew about where it was, and he headed out. And it says, and I believe, I believe with all my heart that every day he was gone, I don't know if it was a month or a year or six years or what it was, but it didn't last long. But I believe every day that he was gone, his old daddy come out on the front porch and looked that away that he had left, gazed off into the sunset, looking for his boy, looking for his boy. That's what the Lord does. The Lord's looking for you, my friend. My friend, he's looking. He's looking for sinners. He's looking for sinners. Are you a sinner? One evening he was out there. I don't believe he ever gave up. One evening he was out there and the sun was just beginning to sink. And he looked, put his hand up over his eyes, shaded the sun, gazed over there in the pasture and in the woods or wherever he was. And there he saw his old son coming, his old boy, raggedy and tired and hungry. And he ran and met him. He ran. The scripture says he ran. It's the only place in God's word where you'll ever see that God got in a hurry. He ran to meet his boy. And he fell on his neck and kissed him. And, and by that time, his servant had got out there. And he said, let's rejoice for my son. He said, get the best robe. Get a ring. Get a ring and put on his finger. That showed that he took him back into his fellowship. Get a robe and put on him. I always say that he put that robe on him to cover up that smell of that hog pen because that old boy had not gone by the creek. He hadn't spent time in the creek getting washed up thinking that would do him any good. No, he went home just like he was, smelling like a hog. And he said, get some shoes and put on his feet and kill a fatty calf for my son who was dead is now alive forevermore. Oh, my friend, can't you see that? Does that picture, does that not paint a picture for you? How God saves a sinner. Wandering out in sin, having his own way, having all his fun, spending all he has. But one day he runs out. One day his money runs out. One day he has nothing to buy with. He's filled, his, filled full of sin. And he says, I will arise and go to my father. Does he do that on his own? No, sir. The Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit comes to him. And, and, and broods over him and plunges that dagger, the truth, into that heart and opens up that heart and let the truth come in and let him see himself as a poor lost sinner. And then he began to cry, Lord, help. Lord, help. I tell my folks here oftentimes, the only prayer you got to pray, Lord, help. See, he didn't bring anything home with him. Didn't stop by and find no fruit or vegetables or nowhere and bring them home to his father. No, he didn't bring anything. You can't either. You can't bring nothing, anything. You can't bring anything home with you, my friend. Nothing but your sin. The only thing you have to commend you to Christ is your sinful heart, your sinful nature, your old rebellious heart, and all of the sin that you've piled up behind you all of these years. But if you come to Christ, you come to Christ. You see what he does. He says, I'll not leave you, never leave you, nor forsake you. Oh, my friend, won't you turn to the Lord now? Won't you come to the Lord now while time? He says he waits to be gracious. 
He says he's not willing that any should perish, but that you might have everlasting life. Why can't you believe that, my friend? Why won't you believe it? Why won't you come on to Christ? Throwing up your hand, throwing down everything that you have in rebellion against God as a poor old sinner and come on to Christ. You say, well, old trailblazer, you got away from your subject. I thought you was going to talk about divine healing, true and false. And we are. We are. In our next study, we're going to get back into it and uh, looking at the false doctrine of uh, divine healing and all of those things. But I just wanted to spend a few moments with you telling you how the Lord saves a sinner. And I believe that's a good, good as, as good an example as you're going to find where the Lord uh, gives us that example. That old boy come to himself. It said he came to himself in that hog pen. Can't you imagine the surprise? All that time he'd been in rebellion against his dad and, and, and his friends had left him and forsaken him. I, I, whatever it takes, my friend, that's what I want to happen to you, that the Lord would bring you to yourself. And I wish you'd write me, sit down and write me, tell me if you know the Lord. Tell me if you're that old sinner that's been saved. And uh, help me with the broadcast if you can. And uh, send me something to help me with the broadcast, if you will. My mailing address, the old Trailblazer, Post Office Box 1810, Walker, Louisiana, 70785. Goodbye and God bless you.